Welcome to the Zoologist's Campfire, the podcast where animal professionals share their best, funniest, and most epic stories. And so far, we've had a variety of animal professionals on the podcast. But today, we add a new animal profession to that lineup, an animal transport pro in the person of Raymond Tilburg. Raymond has a master's in animal science from Wageningen University, also my university. And after working in the meat industry, among others, for the Dutch Ministry of Agriculture, he started working at the Royal Dutch Airlines in animal cargo. He is now responsible for the handling of all animals in the KLM network. He is also a board member of the Animal Transport Association and the International Air Transport Association board that deals with live animals. So in these capacities, he is involved in setting standards for animal transport worldwide. Raymond, welcome. Thank you, Ari. Good, so, to, good to see you. Yeah, yeah, good to see you too. Hey, live animal air transport manager is, I think, a pretty rare job description, right? How many jobs like that are in the world? Does every airport have one? How does that work? Uh, I used to be the only one within KLM. And to be honest, uh, five years ago, I changed position. And I'm no longer responsible for the handling of all live animals, but all for right. the handling of all freight at Schiphol. Oh. But I'm still involved with the Animal Transportation Association and the IATA Life Animal Personal Board. Right, right. So I'm still, I'm still, I think till my till my neck into the transporting of <laughs> live animals. <laughs> yeah, I know that. Awesome. And and you uh, transport transport and transported a lot of weird animals, and I don't think people realize how much transport there is of animals around the world, right? That's a. a I think on every airplane, every wide body airplane, there are animals loaded. Really? Yes. Uh, not only in the cabin, but mm -hmm. mainly um, in the cargo holds. Right. And let's say when you travel and uh, you um, collect your um, your suitcase, mm -hmm. and it's, it feels a little bit cold. Right. That's because the air, the most aircraft have four holds uh -huh. under the seats. Two holes are ventilated and temperature controlled. Right. And two or three holes are not temperature controlled and not ventilated. The non-ventilated holes are used for your luggage. Yeah. And mail. Mm -hmm. And the ventilated holes are used for uh, all products and all kinds of animals. Mm. Products that need uh, ventilation and temperature control. Right. Can be pharmaceuticals. Oh, yeah. uh, ventilation, temperature control, uh, animals, mm -hmm. and all other kinds of cargo that need some kind of temperature control or um, ventilation. So you say pretty much every plane has some animals on it. Uh, is that all yeah. cats and dogs or? No. Well, oh. <laughs> <laughs> lots of people think it's cats and dogs, but most of the time um, what is being transported are um can be live, let's say, for example, live lo lobsters, live food. Oh, yeah, sure. But Animals a lot of times, it's uh, especially when you fly uh, into Africa and Asia, it's day old chicks hmm. and 
insects, beneficial insects. Right. So they all chick. So little chickens. Why? Yeah. Why don't they have them in 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 Asia and Africa or? Uh, they have some in Asia and Africa, but um, they are all offspring of animals that are produced in, uh, in let's say, the modern world, in mm -hmm. um, Europe or the United States, and some in Brazil. Okay. And also nowadays in um, New Zealand, and what the airlines mostly transports are the grandparents and parent stock. Okay. You'll have to so explain that. The grandparents that <laughs> of the animals that you eat. Yeah. Or the parents of the animals that you eat. Right. So these are not for consumption. They're actually for breeding. Most of them are for breeding. Uh, what is being transported into Africa mm -hmm. is mainly for uh, production. Mm -hmm. And into Asia and all the other countries, it's mainly for reproduction. Okay. Okay. So, so we, the, yeah. You always ship two or four lines, male lines and female lines. And th those are shipped separately? They are shipped separately uh, in card cardboard boxes or in um, plastic containers. Uh -huh. We have males and females separate, but they are on, are on the same pallet or in the right. same shipment. Sure, sure. And there's a, and we always make sure that uh, it's most of the time it's 10% is males and 90% females. Mm -hmm. And by coincidence, the males are a little bit weaker than females. Uh -huh. So the males are always put on top of the females. <laughs> right. Give them a better, um, better temperature and better ventilation. Right, right, right. And so these cargo holds are, are at the same temperature and ventilation as, say, the, the cabin that we're used to sitting in when we're flying. Um, sometimes a little bit less. Uh, when we ship day-old chicks, it's m most of the time, the inlet temperature is 18 degrees Celsius. Okay. So we know inside the boxes it's 27. Ooh, that's pretty warm. Yeah. Yeah, but that's a good temperature for Dale chicks. No, no, they live. They have to sit under their mom usually, right? So they have to be yeah. a little bit warm, I imagine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 27 is a, is a is a good temperature. And a Dale chick is a Dale chick for three days. So we have let's say three days to <laughs> flexible <laughs> to definition. Dale chicks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now they they live on the yolk for 72 hours. Yes. Yeah, yeah. In good right. conditions. Mm, 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 mm. But the humidity um, in the cargo holds is about 12 to 15 percent. Oh, that's quite dry. Yeah, but it's the same as in uh, the cabin. Mm. If you ever take a newspaper, bring it with you, you start reading it, you put it away, and five hours later you take it, you you take it again. Mm -hmm. It's crispy. Right, everything. That's dries also the reason why you have to drink a lot when you're flying. Ah, and, and that doesn't and bother these chicks, or it bothers the chicks a little bit. That's why we, the most of the chicks are also given some kinds of um, we call solidified water. Mm. What they can pick on during flight. Okay, so they have water on their flight, and they have still a belly yeah, full yeah. of yolk, so they are in the perfect yeah. condition for flying. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Better than us, probably. Um, <laughs> I think it's first pass. And <laughs> <laughs> you can pick your neighbor. <laughs> awesome. And so, well, uh, so it's most you said it's mostly Dale chicks that fly across the world all the time. It's a lot of Dale chicks. Mm -hmm. And a lot of um, dogs and cats, mm -hmm. and lots of um, insects. 
Yeah, insects. Uh, yeah. Can you tell me more about that? What kind of insects are we thinking here? Uh, bumblebees mm. and beneficial insects. And those beneficial insects are used are used in uh, greenhouses oh. or in the open field. Right, 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 right. Uh, uh, against plagues. Yeah, so sort and of bumblebees. biological control and oh, biological yes. yeah, yeah. pollination. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. The biological pollination is done by bumblebees. Yeah. And there's a big reason why they use bumblebees. Why is that? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when you use, um, let's say, the bees mm -hmm. in a greenhouse, and the greenhouse is open for ventilation, they will all mm -hmm. leave. Oh. Look, look, look for a better product to, um, to right. eat. <laughs> bumblebees are not straying animals. They just stay in their own small environment. Right. Okay. So they will not stray you. So when you use, let's say, um, one hundred thousand bumblebees, mm -hmm. after three weeks, you still have one hundred thousand, or even <laughs> more, because they reproduce. And bees, you will lose them. Okay. <laughs> and that's why, that, that's why that's why that's why I use uh, bumblebees. And the people don't use the local bumblebees, but they have to ship them around the world. Um, it's most of the mostly the European bumblebees, Bumblestress, mm -hmm. I think is it's called. And they told me that when they ship bumblebees to uh, the United States, it's one that originated from the United States. Oh, okay. It was right. reproduced in, uh, in Europe. Mm. So in Europe, we're really good at, at growing bumblebees, apparently. Especially Hungary. Oh. And there's a big company you, uh, uh, named Coppert. Mm -hmm. yeah, and they, I, I think Coppert and BioBest, they are the world, world leaders of... Um, beneficial insects. Wow. So Hungary yeah. and the Netherlands are leading the world in uh, biological pollination. Yeah. And, Belgium, uh, was Belgium number two or three. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's it. That's cool. So uh, so the, all the bumblebees fly through your hands pretty much because you're uh, in Amsterdam. Uh, a lot of them do, yes. Hmm. Yeah. So if people see bumblebees know, somewhere in a greenhouse, they may have gone through your hands at some point. Might be, <laughs> or I've seen them, or at least <laughs> maybe I've arranged a flight. That's it. But <laughs> right, you book their tickets. Yeah. yeah. And what we also transport a lot comes to mind are um, mealworms. Oh, right. Yeah. For food, for for food, yes. <laughs> <laughs> now for for food for animal for animal food. Right. And uh, as as bait. Right. Right. All right. And we also. Uh, transfer a lot of earthworms. Earthworms? Also for, yeah, for bait. You, uh, for bait. Oh, you'd think people have yeah. earthworms everywhere, but apparently... <laughs> they breed some good earthworms in Canada. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and in the Netherlands. <laughs> and there's huge demand of. Huh. Yeah, who yeah. knew? So if you hook your line in, yeah. in uh, you know, some uh, country... Alabama? Yeah, you may be hooking a Canadian or a Dutch worm. Yep. Dutch nightcrawler. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. To think about how many animals are flying across the world every day. Yeah. <laughs> cool. But now we, you know, we also you... use. Yeah, sorry, go we on. We also use ship a lot of horses. Horses. 12,000 yeah, 12, a year. We still had the combi aircraft. Mm -hmm. And meaning that we had the uh, Boeing 747s. Uh, half of the Boeing was for passengers, and the other half, we had seven pedal positions, 
So seven positions for uh, for a horse stall. Oh. So we okay. could ship about we could ship twenty horses on the same flight as two hundred eighty six people. Wow. So yeah. the, the horse tickets are a lot more expensive than the human tickets, I imagine. Um. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they take a Depending lot more space. Anyway, travel to yeah. Yeah, yeah. So the, these are very special horses, race horses, or production. Um, everything but slaughter horses. Okay. Okay. It can be race horses. It can be uh, horses uh, for trade. A lot of horses go um, in spring. They go to uh, the United States to be sold. Uh huh. If they're not sold, they come back in autumn. To be sold here. Or to be trained, ah. or to be sold here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Huh. That's interesting. So they also yeah. move seasonally across the world. Yeah, and, and what we yeah what travels a lot around the world uh, the are the racing horses mm -hmm. uh, from the UK and from Europe into Hong Kong, just to do two or three um, <clears throat> rounds and then they they fly back. Really? Yeah. Huh. Very expensive hobby, I guess. Uh, I hope it's your hobby because you, <laughs> at the end you will lose money, I guess. <laughs> wow. So they're flown to each race and then they have to run a circle yep. and then they're flown yep. back. Yeah. And uh, when you fly them in and you uh, get them back within 12 days, mm -hmm. they told me they don't have any jet lag. Oh, okay. Because jet lag uh, for horse kicks in later. Right. You have a certain time bracket that they don't have a jet lag and you, they just can perform whatever they do and then you fly them back. Oh, that, that that's ideal. You don't want a jet lagged horse at the start of a race. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> that's why you have to be there two two weeks in advance or just in a time frame. Mm, right. So that's all planned very carefully. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And and then they come to you. When yeah. when when I think about animal transport, I mean you think mostly dogs or dogs and cats, of course. Um that's also pretty much on every flight, I imagine, right? Yeah. And shipping dogs and cats is not difficult. It's You have to handle the people behind the dogs and cats, the owners. <laughs> they are more difficult. Um, dogs are easy travelers. Okay. When a, when a dog is used to its, um, to its kennel, mm -hmm. it just lays down and just let it happen. Right, right. Um, uh, Cats are crazy. <laughs> we all know that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> all the handling stations that handle cat that handle cats and dogs, when they have a biting incident, it's always a cat and never a dog. Okay. <laughs> because cats don't don't like to travel. And then it happens that a, a handler accidentally puts their finger inside the uh, the cage and gets bitten. Yes. Away. Yeah, that can be, or uh, what What we always did in the animal hotel and lots of uh, other um, animal hotels worldwide from other airlines, other um, origins, destination, uh, when the transit time is more than six hours, they take the cats and the dogs out of the crate. Oh, good. Mm -hmm. The cats get their own litter box. Mm. Dogs are walked outside or inside. At least they get some uh, exercise. Right. And then two hours before departure, they are back in their own crate and for the next stretch. And at that time, it happens that a cat doesn't want to leave its kennel <laughs> or whatever. And dogs, they just follow you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They are fine with it. 
But then you always have the owner who thinks that a dog needs this, a dog needs that. No. What a dog needs is just a proper place to lay down, mm-hmm. some food and some water. And when it's in transit, some attention from mm. the from the keepers and that's it. Right, right, right. And you give them that. And, yeah. Yeah, and lots of lots of um owners think that uh they need some kind of sedation for mm. a better flight. Never sedate your animals. Okay. Your dogs and cat never sedate them. Because otherwise you can't walk them, I imagine. <laughs> that, that's one. <laughs> but the other one is, the second reason not to sedate your dog or cat is that um, there's less oxygen at 10, uh, 30,000 foot, mm-hmm. feet. And uh, all the medication gives them some kinds of uh, depression. They start breathing less. Ah, right. Yeah, yeah. So th- there also is less uh, oxygen in their in their system, and that can also cause a lot of trouble uh, yeah. in flight. Right, and okay. especially with brachycephalic dogs and cats, mm-hmm. you have the problem that they might suffocate and die. Really, and that's yeah. the reason why lots of airlines uh, have an embargo on shipping those kinds of dogs and cats. Really, just because they have a short so when, face, then they yeah. yeah yeah. So when you're in, let's say, the United States, and you have a French bully. And you have to fly to, um, let's say, South Korea. Mm-hmm. It's almost impossible to get there. Oh. Because all the airlines that fly between the U.S. and South Korea, via Europe or whatever, have an embargo on brachycephalic dogs and cats. Really? And that's yeah. the reason why? Because they cannot get air when they're high in the, high in yeah. the sky. And, yeah. And the bad, the, the, it's always bad publicity when a, when a dog or cat dies. Obviously. And... Um, airlines, they are allergic to bad <laughs> Well, this, And for them, it's, it's, it's just a dog. And also, uh, uh, not just a dog, um, the value, the, the money they make with a dog mm-hmm. compared to the bad publicity they get when a dog dies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's easier for them to say, we stop. Never mind. Yeah. Yeah. No Never more mind. dogs. Yeah. Ah. No more dogs. No more brackish fellow dogs. <laughs> and did you do a lot of that, like walking dogs or taking cats out of their... Yeah. yeah. All the cats were taken out of the kennel. All the, all the dogs were walked outside. Mm. It, was, it was a product. It's still a product. Okay. And so we, st- we still take care of all the dogs and cats in transit. Huh. And do people put weird things in with their dog sometimes in the kennel? No. Um... It's good to put some something from yourself in the kennel. Mm-hmm. Uh, what you have to do, uh, you have to wear a shirt, t-shirt for let's say two days, and put that in the kennel with your dog or cat. Right. So, so they have of your you. mm-hmm. smells of you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that, that those are the good things. Yeah. Uh, we all we also had people trying to um, transport um, cocaine in the kennel. Oh, really? But they always get caught. Yeah. You inspect the kennels or they are scanned. Um, when you take your dog out, when you take a dog out for a walk and you pick up the kennel and the kennel is heavier than it should be. Yeah. Then there's something <laughs> wrong. <laughs> wow. And that that, 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 that happens. That happens. Yeah. 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 Cocaine dog. But all the same <laughs> happened with ornamental fish. Oh. That's mm-hmm. also uh, not being shipped. 
right worldwide and you just said that dogs are easy travelers what yeah. in in the animal world are are difficult travelers what are the hardest things to uh to get in the air i think ornamental fish is hard to transport really okay ornamental fish is uh packed in uh plastic um plastic containers or plastic bags mm -hmm. yeah an ample supply of oxygen for 48 hours okay after acceptance so let's say we have uh, you have a shipment from uh sri lanka mm -hmm. via frankfurt uh into dallas mm -hmm. for example yeah and it misses the connection in frankfurt uh-oh yeah then you're, you're stuck with a shipment of uh, ornamental fish yeah you can't just walk those i mean <laughs> they have to go yeah. you can walk those and they have the supply of oxygen they have uh the moment uh, you open the bags the oxygen disappears when you put new oxygen in, uh, inside the plastic bags mm -hmm. then also the bacteria that like oxygen start growing again right okay yeah yeah so the acidity of the um, of the water goes up oh yeah and your fish your fish might die I understand. Well, also the, the fish are, are you know there's probably a lot of fish per liter of water right I mean indeed yeah quite especially crowded, when you so. have uh, goldfish mm. it's like goldfish soup because <laughs> you're also a little bit sedated okay so what uh, most of the let's say the big stations have like uh, Frankfurt um in Europe Frankfurt Charles de Gaulle Schiphol mm -hmm. uh, we have certain importers that take over the fish right they collect the fish uh, put in their own tanks mm -hmm. for four to six days prepare re-prepare them and then they are sent to final destination wow just for missing one connection yeah 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 <laughs> and that's also the reason why we say that all the animals arriving at Schiphol mm -hmm. must meet the EU entry conditions they must also be allowed into the European Union so they can be taken care of in case of uh right any of problems. course yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. that's why yeah that's a that's probably a good, a good idea now if yeah. if i think about animal transport i mean uh you talked about um the day old chicks which apparently yeah. is mo most of the animals flying and uh, beneficial insects but uh, you know i imagine uh zoo transports so, like weird yeah. weird 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 things on a plane what's what's some of the weirder things you've seen uh, crossing your desk <laughs> weird or nice <laughs> well, weird nice uh, um, what made an impression on you a lot the, especially the first shipments always make an impression on you mm. um the first shipment of um giraffes giraffes from south africa but giraffes are, are, are you know six five six meters tall yeah. how do you put them in a plane <laughs> and that's the reason why i um went to South Africa for the first shipment uh-huh uh we had a dealer over there who wanted to use uh, KLM for his shipments into Asia mm -hmm. I said okay um uh, we can do it but we first want to see your facility and are you prepared the animals and what you already did uh there um they make uh enclosures that can hold three giraffes three young giraffes Mm -hmm. so they get used to each other okay the graded travel in is also fit for three giraffes so they travel as a group 
right. used to each other. That's a pretty good idea. Yes, and he also collected the same heights. And that's the that's the, the other point. The door of the 747 mm-hmm. is three, me- three, me- three meters and eight centimeters high. Okay. We always told them the crate can have a maximum height of three meters, including pallet base. Yeah. Means that uh, inside measurements are about two, two meters, 95, 96. Right. Um, half a giraffe, pretty much. Ha- yeah, half a full-grown <laughs> giraffe. And that's the reason why we only accept young giraffes to uh, 3 meters 20. That's, that's the trick. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because the natural position of um, a giraffe is not with the neck up, mm-hmm. but always a little bit bended. Yeah. Of course. So when it's 320, it fits in a 295 crate with its three of them. Oh, okay. And they they support each other. And and it makes complete sense. Now I understand because I, I always yeah. wonder, I mean, a giraffe, how however are you going to get them on a plane? Are you light, light them horizontally or no, <laughs> not. No, no, no. Only, only the, the, the younger yeah. ones. Yeah. 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 <laughs> So that, that then, and that's the bad part when they, let's say they miss, um, they are positive for one kind of disease in quarantine, mm-hmm. they might have to wait for another eight weeks and then they become too big to travel by air. Ah, right. Yeah. yeah. And then they have to do everything again with a new flock. Oh yeah. Cause they have to get used to each other again and yeah. get yes, used to yes. the enclosure. Select them. Yeah. Yeah. Buy them at auctions, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, oh God. Yeah. <laughs> Does that happen? Yes. Oh, in wow. South Africa, most of the wildlife that's being exported is coming from auctions. Okay. Hmm. And they go to big transporters with their own quarantine facilities that is approved by, let's say, the Chinese government or somebody or even in the European Union. And then yeah. they can travel. Right. Okay. Yeah. Huh. And so most of the zoo animals, they come from, uh, let's say, confined area go to another confined area. Yeah. And that makes it easier for zoo animals to travel. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty much a, qu- a quarantine area, a zoo, right? Yeah. I mean, there's no yeah. other yeah. animals of that species in a, in a very large radius. So. Indeed. Yeah, should be yeah. Uh, should be okay, unless it's some disease that can jump to other species, of course. Yeah. That's always a big risk. Um, we, a couple of years ago, we had some tapirs from Brazil. Mm, cool. Uh, arrived in South Africa and one of them died. Oh dear. They did testing. It was tuberculosis. Oh, whoops. How so did that we, get past the tests? <laughs> I, they were not tested for tuberculosis because it was not in the in the uh, health certificate. Oh. oh, oh yeah. So we had to test our staff. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want that. No. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah. Yeah, that's... that's... That's the risk of the job, I guess. Indeed, yeah. And that's why you always must be careful with uh, transporting all kinds of animals. Uh Uh-huh. And that's also the reason why um, IATA, uh, you have the IATA Life Animal Regulations. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of the most important things is that all the containers are nose and paw proof. Right. That also means lots of times that you cannot get your fingers inside. That's also good. Yeah. (laughs) Most of the time. <laughs> and still, I almost lost my, my eye. Oh? Because there was a, 
there was a crane bird and I was looking through a hole <laughs> and the hole was not covered inside with a fine wire mesh. As it should so be. It saw my, yeah. Yes, Ooh. but it, it saw my, eye, my eyes blistering and all my all my glasses, luckily. Ooh. <clears throat> Otherwise, was I was now one eye, one eyed bandit. Oh, would have been a cool yeah. look for sure. I'm for you, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. But uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a crane taking your eye out. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, mm. <laughs> With your, and they say all this. They say that animals have stress during uh, transport, but yeah, I don't see it happen that much. And stress is not that diff is not that big of a problem. Chronic stress is something else. Mm -hmm. A little bit stress. Everybody has stress. Sure. I'm also a little bit stressed now because I have to to tell my story. <laughs> but I had one large um, turtle from oh. the uh, Seychelles, big mm -hmm. one. Oh yeah, those are the giant think... Seychelles giant tortoises, or yeah, 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 yeah. Those are the the biggest ones in the world, pretty much. It was a big crate. Mm -hmm. One meter by one meter by one forty, and I opened the crate, and I had half an apple, and I showed the apple, and he started eating an apple. Oh, so nice. He was no pretty stress, relaxed. Nothing. <laughs> yeah, and I had the same. Uh, I had to f um, fly a giant panda. Ooh, um, that's very cool. It's really cool. Yeah, first time so close to a to a giant panda. Mm-hmm. But the only thing it did on a nine-hour flight was laying on his back and eating carrots. <laughs> and that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, for sure, I know the zookeeper was more stressed than the animal ever was. <laughs> <laughs> so the zookeeper flew with the panda as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah, mm, yeah. Mm. We were with the three of us, two zookeepers and uh, myself. And, and is that... To to, to have the animals have a familiar face or in case of emergency, why are in case the two of emergency. Mm. Mm. But laying on your back. <laughs> eating carrots. <laughs> eating carrots, yeah, what's the emergency? <laughs> it's more important when, that you are there when you have, uh, t when you're transporting uh, horses or, mm. or even rhinos. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Rhinos, they sometimes just just lay down and it looks like they give up. Okay. And that's when you when you have to be there and just make sure that they start um, moving a little bit up and down, uh, back and forth. Mm -hmm. Just to uh, stay a little bit in condition. So what happens? Um, they just give up and they lie down and that, uh, yeah. that's obviously Same with bad. Same was when the was yeah. are really stressed. Yeah. You see the gum on the teeth mm -hmm. gets black. Ah. And then, yeah, then you lose them. Really? Wow. Yeah. That's yeah. severe stress. Yeah. yeah. And But it's, it happens once every 10,000 horses. Like you have a horse that just okay, well, gives up, loses that, it. Yeah. That is, uh, that is a, a, a hardly significant uh, number. Indeed. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, so is there always somebody with the horse when they're when they're flying horses as well? When the horses fly, there's always at least one attendant with them. Okay. On every on, on every airline. Mm -hmm. That's also written in the IATALAR. Right. And that's the that's the law in most of the countries. So um, yeah, you have to stick to it. So if you fly several horses, there's one attendant in the middle that at takes least. care of all those all those horses. Yeah. 
and this All one. Right. All right. Making sure they drink at a certain time, make sure they eat, they don't have colic, et cetera, et cetera. Right, right, right. And, and things like, I mean, uh, I, I remember when the Dolphinarium in the Netherlands was shipping a killer whale to the US. Yeah. Things like that must be very difficult, right? I mean. Uh, yes, they are so difficult that KLM says we don't transport them. Oh, okay. And that, <laughs> that, that had to do with the, the publicity around it. Mm. But I know the airline that transported uh, one to the Canary, Canary Islands. Okay. And that went really well. Okay. So. But nobody knew where it flew. No. Okay. So they keep that a secret. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they just give you some air, some airframe. They say it will fly on, let's say, March 15. And then mm -hmm. it flies on February 2nd. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> nobody's aware of it because of all the bad publicity. So people are, are protesting this kind of transport? Oh, yes. Oh. Uh. That's also the reason why lots of airlines stop with uh, transporting laboratory animals. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I we already stopped that. in the ni 1996, I guess. Mm -hmm. And I think Air France recently stopped with uh, monkeys. Monkeys. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And there are still a lot of airlines that say they don't transport them, but they transport them. Oh. <laughs> There's no issue. <laughs> Let's no, not name any names here. <laughs> no, no, I don't, don't no, no, but they say we, we, we stop with laboratory animals, but they, they still ship lab rats and lab mice. Okay. Well, that those should be okay to fly, right? Yeah. 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 I can imagine the monkeys, but. Uh... Uh, the monkeys, it's a little bit emotional, but they still, I think they are still needed for some kind of research. Mm -hmm. Sure. And not for, not for your makeup. No, <laughs> let's say for life-saving research, they are, they have they have some value. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Same with beagles; they also have some value. Yeah, yeah. Well, beagles are used because they are genetically equivalent to like two and a half dogs. I think the whole race. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> They're yeah. genetically yeah. so similar. Yeah, um, it's it's remarkable. But, That's but, why they always pick beagles. Yeah. But the bad thing with laboratory animals is that uh, there's so much bad publicity around it that everybody believes it. Uh, I also speak uh, with people within the, within the industry mm -hmm. and they say all the monkeys that we have are kept in family groups. Yeah. Um, they have televisions. The favorite programs are on Discovery Channel. <laughs> and the moment there is a snake <laughs> visible, <laughs> which spits them off because we know the whole colony will go berserk. <laughs> Um, the beagles awesome. have playtime, so it's yeah. not all that bad. And maybe you you might want to look for somebody who can talk to you about this oh. in your podcast. That 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 would be nice if we're looking for just any animal the, professionals. The, so yeah, just the way they treat laboratory animals. Mm. Yeah, that's a very good suggestion. Thanks. Yeah, I will. I will. I will try to find somebody. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I mean, I know. I mean, I've, I've done a little bit yeah, of work no people. <laughs> laboratories uh, myself, of yeah. course. And, yeah. You know, the people who take care of them get quite attached and uh, try to do their best to make their life as good as they can. It's, it's, it's a live animal, and yeah. uh, you need to respect live animals. And that's also the reason why uh, I think it's important that you, uh, when you ship animals, that you always have a look at Ayata Lar mm -hmm. on how to ship them, because we have a lot of professionals in the LAPB and surrounding the LAPB mm -hmm. that really know well 
we know a lot about animal welfare and how to ship animals. Like, yeah. And if you cannot ship them, don't do it. <laughs> what what really? is an animal you cannot ship? Um, bats. Bats, really? Okay, yeah. because of disease risk or? No, how do you feed them? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, insectivorous, they to, yeah. They need to fly to catch mm. something. So how do you? <laughs> yeah. So insectivorous uh, bats, at least, right? I mean, the yeah, fr yeah, fruitivorous yeah. Not the ones. Fruit bats are, are, are easy. Okay, okay. And what's what also are difficult to uh, transport, to my opinion, are hummingbe hummingbirds. Hummingbirds? Yeah. Hmm. Why is that? Why are they difficult? Um, they have a high metabolism. They have to they, they have to keep on uh, eating and drinking the whole journey. Yeah. So you have to make um, enclosures uh, with lighting. Mm -hmm. Temperature needs to be okay. And need a lot of food during yeah. uh, the flight. And we have a 12 hour flight, uh, cut off time, uh, except the six hour before flight. So you need at least 20 hours of food with them. And you have, to make sure the yeah. <laughs> you have to make sure the food does not go bad in the mm -hmm. meantime. Mm -mm. And they keep on flying, et cetera, et cetera. So that's, for me, it's a difficult animal to fly. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've done it in the past. And well, I was always happy that they all survived. <laughs> yeah, no, I can imagine that's a very difficult one. There's this this group in in California that does studies on hummingbirds at low pressure, at okay. low air pressures. But then they make they make them fly at low air pressure, and then at a certain air pressure, you just see them fall out of the sky because they cannot yeah. maintain the metabolism. And that might also happen in flight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stressing and that, that might be a, a reason why they have a, a low survival rate when you don't pay attention to all the all the things needed for transport. Yeah, yeah. Wow, uh, animal transport is a very specialized yeah. business because you need to know about so many different animals' needs. And you I know need, you, I, I know you love animals because you can hear the parrot yeah. in the back sometimes. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Parrots, my turtles, my dogs. <laughs> <laughs> You live animals pretty much. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you you had one more. Uh, uh, you mentioned to me uh, koalas and lions. Yeah. Um, what happened there? <laughs> lions are always nice. <laughs> lions are also easy travelers. Uh, lots of mistake people make is that the crate is too big, so they can turn around. Mm. <clears throat> Best for a lion and for all big felines is that you, they just can lay down and stand up and not turn around. So you always know where the head is. Okay, <laughs> that's fine. My nicest shipment of um, lions were uh, white lion cubs. Ooh. Arriving from uh, Johannesburg mm -hmm. on the freight of Martinair. And I already saw pictures of them uh, out of their crate in the cockpit. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then I had to bring it to uh, to Tokyo. And the nice part was that indeed they were still depending on uh, on milk. Mm -hmm. So at uh, 30,000 feet, I had to give them milk Aww. and cuddles. Aww. And not only, or not only me, but the whole flight crew was involved in feeding I those animals. <laughs> I can imagine, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I could just... Lay, lay back and uh, just sit there and watch them uh, feeding the animals. That must be fantastic. I mean, yeah, those, those are really nice to do. Yeah. yeah. The, those are the, the, the perks of the job. 
<laughs> oh yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> was also was was nice to uh, do with um, the spray toads. Spray toads. Yeah. I forgot the name, but Kinasha spray toads, and they had to go to Tanzania. Mm-hmm. Um, they were bred in um, New York at the Bronx Zoo. Right. And they breed 500 uh, every six months. Okay. And they bring the whole population back to the um, waterfall they originate from. Oh, right. Those spray toes. Yeah, they sit yeah. under the waterfall and they communicate by movement, yeah. right? Uh, yeah, yeah, and the yeah. waterfall was completely dried up. But there was still some, um, they had some uh, animals left in the Bronx Zoo and uh, another zoo in the United States. Uh-huh. Started breeding them, installed big pumps on the feet of the um, original waterfall. Yeah. Remade the waterfall. Wow. And then the environment was good enough to re- reintroduce them. That is. So and cool. I know the first ones, we only have a transit time of one hour in uh, at Schiphol. Mm-hmm. So I arranged them just uh, not as cargo, but as excess luggage. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and even Dutch, uh, <laughs> the Dutch customs agreed to do it like yeah. that. So I think so you I could get them on board faster, them. right? That way. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they sent people to the aircraft, check them, and then uh, it went on. Yeah, th- those are amazing little to- toads. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Kienzi spray toads. That's the yeah, name. That's yeah. the ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, 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 their environment is so loud that they, they wave at each other, right? That's, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Very cool. Oh, that's, oh, that's yeah. nice. So, so we we save the species. Yeah. Well, <laughs> animal transport is important. I mean. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah? Not Fantastic. only for your food production, but also for your uh, yeah, biodiversity and Fantastic. education. Yeah. Fantastic. I mean, I know you have so many more adventures uh, uh, with with the animals, uh, but uh, this was already fantastic. And thanks for giving us a little bit of a view behind the scenes, because we only know about dogs and cats as, as normal mortals. But uh, yeah, to know that there's so much flying through the air at any one time. Uh, thanks awesome. for finding me. Yeah, and and if people want to know more about you and what you do, where do they go? Uh, the best thing they can do is go to the site of the website of the ATA, Animal Transportation Association. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of people I work with, I used to work with, are a member of the ATA. And if you have questions about shipping animals or any questions, go to the website and there's a special form you can fill in ah, for your questions. Okay. Oh, perfect. Perfect. Or find me at LinkedIn and maybe I can answer your question. Awesome. And uh, IATA as well, right? The, yeah. yeah. And there's another one. When you want to ship your dog or cat, go to the website, website from IPATA. IPATA.org. IPATA.org. Okay. Yeah. It's International Pet Association Transportation Association. Okay. And they can give you advice on how to transport your dog. Awesome. Well, Raymond, thank you very much. You're welcome. Uh, Thanks for all the stories and I'll see you soon. I hope so. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye-bye.